Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have a really uh, amazing guest with me and another fascinating guest. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. I haven't done a show on Bigfoot on in a while because um, I haven't found the right guest, to, to, to be honest with you. I wanted to have someone who really knows about Bigfoot, but like this guy that I have that I've been talking about, he's uh, about the expansion of consciousness, mind, body, and spirit. Let me just tell you a little bit about it. His name's Mike Patterson, and he's with Sasquatch Ontario. And he says, it's about a hidden truth, one that has shown up in his life in a big way. It's a truth that has the capacity to evolve human consciousness individually and on a collective scale. Sasquatch truth has the capacity to shape our world through expansion of human consciousness and a mind, body, spirit, and alignment of truth. He says this is about his personal journey involved with a subject that showed up in his life back in 2008 when he was in the woods photographing wildlife and nature as a passion. He had an epiphany for search for hairy folk who most call Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Their existence was shown to him early in life at a childhood sighting that was traumatizing at the time. It's now been 14 years after searching for answers since his initial close Sasquatch vocal encounter on October 25th. And he sent me a file. He sent me Bigfoot sounds and they, they really sound real. Like that. I mean, you know, I'm skeptical. Everybody knows that, but these sounded real. And anyway, it says that 2008 in the moment it changed his life for him was the path he's on today. 10 of those years involved personal contact experiences that continue to show up in his life, giving him incredible insight into their existence and how Sasquatch interact with humans. And I want to give him a big warm welcome to the show. I want to welcome Mike Patterson. Mike, thank you for joining me. How are you? Good. Thanks, Rob. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was that was 2008 because you said October 25th. Yeah, so it was basically 2008 when this all started up. I wanted to ask you, like, yeah, yeah, like, how did your like fascination with Bigfoot start? I mean, and um, is Bigfoot real? I know that's a simple question, but what, you know, that's a, one of the big questions that humanity is asking, right? Well, if they're not, then I'm completely batshit crazy, one hundred percent. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course they're real. You know, we just uh, science knows they're real. Right. We're just playing a game. Um, personally, I have my own thoughts on that, but, you know, that delves deep down that rabbit hole. So we just we just got started. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, when did your when did your first can you take us through like your first encounter? Well, I don't know where we should start, because like I, I get an e Let me just say, I'll just say it again. I get an email from you the other day and it's a Bigfoot sound. And I was just like. This is amazing because the last time I heard a Bigfoot sound, to be honest with you, was on the Art Bell show. And back when he, he had, I was a big Art Bell fan, you know, and he had Bigfoot sounds. And uh, the Bigfoot sound that you sent me, it didn't sound like a wolf, a bear or anything. That sounded like what, it, what I think a Bigfoot would sound like, you know, like, how did you get that? Yeah, I've been, I've been documenting family for the past decade that have allowed me basically to document the activity is their intelligence is extremely underestimated by most people involved in this subject. Um, they're not an animal. They are, they are a people. They're an indigenous race of people older than, you know, our human race that I'm aware of. And I was uh, spending time in the woods photographing wildlife this was I guess I started doing that back in maybe 2007 I think so I'd been doing that for a while and then um, eventually uh, I had an epiphany to start looking into the subject just kind of popped into my head uh, you know out of nowhere and at this point I believe they had something to do with that considering what I've learned about them and the abilities that they have and those same abilities have allowed them to stay hidden from humans and, and basically hold that mythical status that uh, mainstream, like, you know, and science for the most part denies and ignores and mocks and ridicules this subject. And um, I, again, I have my own thoughts on why that happens as well. Uh, you know, the, the, this whole subject um, it's, 
it's going to change our understanding of reality when it all comes to the forefront. But as far as all those, uh, I have a extended library of documented vocalizations, all sorts of different vocals um, from distant, from multi -fa uh, multiple family members from the same family um, over a decade and even direct verbal communication, speaking back and forth. Um, I can't can see I, them when that happens. What's that? Can I can I ask you a question? Like yeah. when this when this communication is going on back and forth, like are you getting a telepathic message of what they're trying to tell you, like so you understand it, or how is this happening? No, it's um, I've just developed my technique, I guess, my approach um, over the years and. Uh, it took about eight months uh, visiting a, a private property. I was invited in by a property owner. I didn't know him before that um, for uh, purported activity going on, um, Sasquatch presence, and there'd been sightings and um, things that have happened throughout the years. Um, <clears throat> I was able to basically figure out that it's been going on for decades. And so I got invited into this uh, location and I knew from day one, from my previous, uh, I had about four years experience um, previous to that situation, basically, basically dropping into my lap. Um, I'd had uh, their ability shown to me very early on. Um, I just didn't realize it at the time. I realized it long afterwards. Um, so, the, yeah, this situation basically fell into my lap. And I, at first, I was doing what most people do, putting up trail cams, banging on trees, yelling like an idiot, and eventually realized that I was dealing with something very intelligent. So I changed my approach, um, started to show a lot more respect. And, uh, you know, it just blossomed over time. And in the past decade, I've been able to develop uh, even written communication with them, asking questions and getting responses from them. So they, they write, they read, they can speak English, they speak all language, they understand all language from what they um, basically stated to me. Um, they're, uh, you know, they have their families, their, their children, they're very family oriented. Um, they're the epitome of don't judge a book by its cover because they're much, uh, much more intelligent than humans as far as understanding nature, their connection to the earth, and um, they are one with the earth. They understand earth energies at a quantum level. Um, it, it's just absolutely astounding what they understand as far as energy goes to a point that they can manipulate or interact um, with all of our electronics, and I mean everything. Our phones, computers, audio, cameras, video, it doesn't matter. They can interact with all of it, manipulate it, whatever you want to call it. Um, so th these are some of the things I've learned over the years. Can I ask you a question? Are they, um, a lot of times you hear that they can be interdimensional, like that they have the ability to, you know, go beyond the veil. And do you, and I guess the, the question that would follow up to that is, is that what keeps them so hidden? So two questions, sorry. Yeah. Um, when I first started doing the investigations at this property, the, the strange stuff started happening, you know, pretty much right away. And it wasn't long before I realized I was doing a lot of documenting in the winter months and footprints started appearing and they would go nowhere. So I've documented literally hundreds of prints from multiple family members over a decade worth of winters. Um, I, well, over eight winters I've documented excuse me, I've documented um, four inches of growth in the one male who has been the most vocal. Uh, and so it wasn't long before I realized, you know, at one point I had said to the owner, we, we were documenting some footprints and they didn't go anywhere. And, and I said to him, I said, I think they're invisible. And he thought I was nuts. He thought I was off my rocker. And it, it didn't take, you know, much longer to, to realize what was going on. And so I started putting this stuff out there. It took me about a year to really start vocalizing about their abilities. I was holding back for about a year because I knew as soon as I, you know, 
cats out of the bag, I was going to uh, take a a lot of ridicule. So that's, you know, and sure enough, of course, right. I've been uh, put through the ringer with that stuff. But um, so there's been a lot of physical contact at this point, you know, you get pats on the shoulder pokes, you know, pats on the head. I even had my face covered. Um, so that shows me right there, their invisibility. Um, that to me right there, that's the proof of their invisibility. I've been touched so many times. Sometimes I catch a, uh, a visual of, uh, um, partial manifestation, like a dark shadow. I've seen smoke in front of my face right before my, like right in front of my eyes, right before my face was covered, um, while I was sitting in a chair, hairy hand or something, uh, very soft hair, no smell when they did that. Um, so the, for the most part, the physical contact was happening outdoors. And then one day I just said, Hey, you know, this is, you guys always do this outside. Can you do it inside too? Cause there was activity happening indoors. And sure enough, um, they started doing that. You know, I'd get a little poke, be sitting in my chair and suddenly I get a poke or something. And I realized they're right there. Um, so that showed me their interdimensionality and also visits at home. Cause I get, I've moved four times in the past 14 years doing this. Activity has followed me. It doesn't matter where I go. It shows up. Um, and I have witnesses to this, too. I have a, you know, I play music. So I got some really good friends. Got a rehearsal spot down in Toronto. Um, we've had activity show up in the room. Um, I've had activity uh, show up at each place I've moved to. Um, one guy was a, he's a really good friend of mine. Uh, known him for decades. And. He was really skeptical when I moved in. By the time I left, they'd given him so much. They'd given him mind speak, um, physical contact, uh, left him footprints, um, flipped all his cigarettes upside down in his pack, that sort of thing. Wow. Um, there's a lot of humor, a lot of humor involved with their contact. They're very, um, uh, I call them fleeting moments. When they show their presence, it's usually very quick. They'll do something and just to say, hey, we're here, and then that's it. Um, who knows how long they're standing there, you know, hanging around. Um, so, yeah, by the time I left, uh, my buddy Kyle there had been, even had one of them walk across the room in front of him in a semi-transparent form, um, floor to ceiling. He, I was upstairs when this happened. He'd come up a half an hour later and he told me about it. <laughs> it's like this half an hour ago, man, you, you're just telling me now. Um, so by the time I left there, he still has things that are uh, going on that um, happen at his home once in a while. Now, so those, go ahead. Do you think that these could possibly be ghosts or are you sure no. it's the Bigfoot? Yeah. Yeah, because there's been visuals um, there's been vocals. There's been lots of footprints. I pulled hairs uh, from fresh footprints in snow. Um, there's been, um, it's, it's just, uh, you know, the writing, the, it, it's been constant, you know, there, and I know what, I, I have a, I know what the one guy, Neff, Nefetia is his name. He gave us his name on audio. Um, I know what his face looks like, so that, it's not a ghost. Amazing. I was just thinking, do you think they keep away from us? Because if you think about like what we do to animals, like uh, we're very crude humans are, you know, like we'll, if we got a hold of a Bigfoot, a lot of people would want to kill them because they want to do scientific research on them or they want to catch, capture them and cage them up so they can put them in a zoo. You know what I mean? And I think probably the Bigfoot knows this, so they stay away, right? Well, they'll never get them in a zoo. That's not going to happen. First of all, they're people. And to kill them is murder. They are human types. Yeah, but so they have, that's how humans are. You know what I mean? It's, it's just the, the... Yeah. I Sorry. No, no, it's okay. Anybody that um, manages to harm them, like from my understanding, they are flesh and blood beings. They are just, they are masters of energy. They are masters of earth energies but they're still flesh and blood as we are, you know, there's, they've been documented with crippled feet and that sort of thing. So that, you know, that alludes right there to them being flesh and blood. 
Um, they just have this understanding of energy that has allowed them. And, and yes, that's how they stay hidden from humans. Now, what technology uh, the military has that we don't know about, who knows, you know, all the trillions of dollars they've siphoned off and, you know, that have disappeared over the years. And, um, you know, they're obviously doing some heavy duty uh, science and who knows what they're creating with that money, with those technologies. But, um, you know, I, I hope that they never are able to find them. Right. So at this point, um, as far as DNA goes, you know, at one point I was all gung ho about trying to prove and, you know, obtaining DNA in that. Now, no, I, I, I won't give science anything um, DNA wise at this point because I don't want them to figure anything out. Um, I like things to, you know, stay as they are to a certain level that the Sasquatch are kept safe. Um, their intelligence allows them to know when we're searching for them. So um, it does, uh, they, they have kept you know, a distant from, from humans up to this point, although they're, they are close to us and they teach their children about us. Right. So. Do you think they they're us. a distant relative of us? Like, because like, if you, uh, I don't know how esoteric you are, but like, if you listen to stories about the Anunnaki that, you know, they're supposedly the ancient race that came here and possibly seeded humanity. Well, supposedly they took some form of human or some form of existing primate that was on the planet and they combined it with their DNA to, to make us. And I always thought maybe that was Bigfoot, you know, and I, 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 or Sasquatch. And, you know, I, 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 did you know about the story of the Anunnaki? And what would you think that the, these primates could be our cousins or something? Or the, uh, well, they are primates, right? I mean, these big, these Sasquatch, could they be our cousins or something like that? Um, from my understanding, uh, some humans, I don't because I've asked them, some humans have their DNA and they have uh, human DNA. So that makes them our relative. Yeah. They are basically, in my understanding, they are the missing link as you know, some people might want to call it. Um, they, uh, I believe we're created after them. So they're like an elder brother and there's, you know, there's people in my, that I, I believe there are people in power um, that are well aware of this and this rocks the boat too much, you know, from what they've basically conditioned us to, to believe what our history is, uh, you know, indoctrinated us through, um, through schooling, through education, if you want to call it that, you know, what they've um, basically, uh, shoved down our throats and this is how it is. Um, I'm, I'm pretty, confident there's some in power who are well aware that Sasquatch are related to us and you know contact with them it really opens up the human mind really expands human consciousness and when you get to a level of that of expanded consciousness well you can't be controlled anymore right so yeah there are people in power that um if if that happens they lose control right and you know, so this this is why I actually stand up and speak my truth, because I do not like this system. I do not like how it's manipulated, how it's run by criminals, basically, um, you know, white collar criminals, the, these uh, whatever is going on in this world, you know, we're being manipulated by a bunch of psychotic billionaires, as far as I'm concerned. And this is a massive threat to them to, you know, human, uh, the collective awakening, you know, our, our consciousness elevating. I agree so much. And it, but, but what's weird is, I don't know if you've been watching the news lately, they've been leaking this the UFO disclosure. And it's very weird because it's not like the government, you know, like they've, they've, de they've denied UFOs for what, how long? 70 years, they've denied Roswell. Now, all of a sudden, first it was the Navy pilot videos. Now it's, abduction pregnancies they've actually admitted to abduction pregnancies and you know i watch a lot of comedy podcasts and the comedians think this is a big joke but us in the ufo community we're finally saying wow they're coming up they're 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 coming out with it but everybody's bewildered by it for the reasons that you just said because we're in a society that's controlled by billionaires and they don't want us to have the truth because it expands consciousness so 
the whole UFO thing, and I'm not trying to change the subject because I think they're inter, 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 interchangeable. I think Bigfoot and UFOs go along together because they're the yeah. unknown. They're the, they're the stuff that people don't want to talk about. They're the real thing that we know is real, but other people laugh at, you know, um, because they were indoctrinated to, to be like that way. You know, like I have friends that like, that, you know, I started doing this podcast and like, when I, I have, I met a lot of good people in the esoteric community, but I have a handful of best friends and, you know, my two best friends, they would kind of laugh at some of the shows I'd put out and they're like, do you really believe this stuff? And I'm like, yes, I believe it a hundred percent. I let people come on my show and say their thing because it's, it's the, it, I, I need to get the truth out. You know what I mean? But like, I have a different way of looking at things than my friends do, you know, like, or my, not, not, cause I have a lot of friends, but like my, my best friends, you know, like, um, but, but I guess where I was going with that was, um, what do you think about this UFO disclosure and how do the UFOs and Bigfoot tie in together? Well, there's definitely a connection with the, the Sasquatch UFO thing. Um, there's actually cases of, of them seen, of Sasquatch seen coming and going, going from UFOs. Um, I, was, I was given two UFO incidents back in July of 2018, um, put right in front of me. So I know it was meant for me to see. Um, one was during the day, one was at night, both times pristine conditions. There was no craft. One was a, a massive, like a large moving shadow. The other one was bright light that was completely silent. Um, but as far as the whole UFO disclosure thing going on, <clears throat> so uh, I, I like to use the term not denial. They've lied to us for decades. You know, they've They've lied. That's the bottom line. And um, at this point, now they're starting to release things because, uh, well, I, I see them as trying to just control the flow of information as per usual. You know, they're not telling us what they should tell us. They're telling us what they want to tell us. And 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 also, um, I believe at, at some point, you know, it's all it's always going to be fear based and. And it wouldn't surprise me. And I'm already starting to see little bits and pieces. Here comes the alien attack, right? Um, yeah. So who knows what what uh, technology that they've been holding on to that they built themselves, done whatever reverse engineering. And um, I wouldn't be surprised to see these psychotic, uh, freak, uber-rich people that are just want to control everything you know that i wouldn't put it past them to uh, have something in store you know and i've heard about that last card up their sleeve here comes that alien attack agenda right so um i wouldn't put it past that i you know some people a lot of people probably laugh at that but um you know, it would not surprise me people were saying that and it was on warner von braun's uh tombstone he was like he said you know he was like really concerned like even though he was a Nazi and, you know, but like he, he said that, that, that their final card would be something like that. So that's going around actually. Like, and, and if you look at like people like Billy Carson, the researcher, Billy Carson and Stephen Greer, I follow them. Billy Carson talks about the government has ARVs. He calls them alien reproduction vehicles where they're not the real UFO, but they have kind of like some kind of reproduce style and Dr. Greer says the same thing but then Dr. Greer has that CE5 meditation where people have actually been able to make you know benevolent contact which is you know pretty amazing I I haven't tried it myself like you know I've been more like into like OBEs and the consciousness thing because I'm trying to figure I wanted to make sure that I wanted to attack that first. Like I wanted to try to figure out if consciousness continues after death. And then, you know, if I can have an experience with an extraterrestrial, that's, that's fine. But um, I, I wanted to tell you, there's a guy here in Pennsylvania where I live in Pittsburgh, you know, and um, there's a guy in, in Greensburg, his name's Stan Gordon. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he's um, been researching UFOs and Bigfoot since like the 1950s, 1960s. And he has a UFO hotline he calls it that here in Pittsburgh where people, you know, call in and they report sightings and the, the, the area where me and him live in, like, cause we live relatively close to one another. Um, it, it just happened to be, be that way. Like he, uh, he gets a lot of activity from this area. And he said the same thing that you said, he said, there's people that see, uh, UFOs with Bigfoot, you know, Bigfoot coming out of a UFO. 
Bigfoot holding an orb in his hand. You know what I mean? A woman um, uh, hearing pop cans on the back of her porch. Someone, something rummaging through pop cans. She goes out the back door. There's a Bigfoot there. She takes a shot at it. It disappears, poof, in midair. You know, and then I started to think, is that a, a government technology or is that the Bigfoot being able to disappear? What are your thoughts? Oh, they, it's an inherent quality they have. It's, it has nothing to do with uh, government technology. They, they, like I said, they're masters of energy. They can poof into thin air and materialize anywhere they want, from my understanding. It's, uh, you know, it's not... Um, they don't have to go to a certain location to jump into a portal or something that they can uh, disappear into thin air and materialize um, where they choose. So this, uh, I understand through um, experiences that have happened that I don't really talk about. So um, th there's, a, there's a lot going on right now. And this whole UFO thing, um, like I said, it, it's it's connected. There, there's definitely a connection going on there. Um, it's all I believe uh, they find us through consciousness because I've learned that it doesn't matter where I am at any given time, they can show their presence. And and I could be driving my car um, at at a job site, and I mentioned those two because it's happened. Um, so that once you connect to them, it's like they. Uh, you know, there's something there that they're able to find you regardless of where you are at any given time. And I would assume the same as for the, you know, ET races. It is. It's like, like yeah. abductees will say they'll be driving. There's stories of abductees like saying they drive, they'll be driving their car. And then next thing you know, they feel drowsy. And then you ne next thing you know, they're waking up like three miles down the road you know, and their socks are put on and shoes are put on wrong or something, or they're wearing somebody else's clothes because they sometimes they take multiple people at, at multiple times and the aliens are so dumb, they don't know how to put people's clothes back on right. There's, <laughs> there's something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what these aliens are. I don't know if they're biological androids or what, but I've heard many stories of them not being, I mean, the Bigfoot are probably way more intelligent because it seems like the little grays don't know how to put people's clothes back on, which is funny to me. <laughs> well, there's different races, right? It, it's not just grays. There's, I think there's a whole universe full of different life forms, intelligent. And, you know, uh, humans, we're, we're an egotistical bunch. We like to think we're number one, um, you know, we're, that we're very, uh, intelligent and and we're, we're actually uh you know we're basically a disease on this earth the way we treat it right we haven't we haven't learned and and we've taken this root of technology that's taken us away from nature which is our true connection and um you know the sasquatch i think they uh, they they um they choose first of all they choose who they connect with and and those of us that, that do i believe they um, part of that is because we have that connection to nature and, and they really like to see that, you know, they like to, uh, they're very, um, I, th I think some of them obviously don't like humans because they, they see what we do. They see how we are, how we treat each other. They, they know our energy. They understand our hearts, our intentions. Um, so as far as, uh, you know, the, the, like I said before, they're they're the epitome of don't judge a book by its cover. They are very intelligent beings, and um, I think they just they want humans to wake up. They're not here to save us, but they are helping us by connecting with us and you know trying to guide us in their in their own way. They don't interfere in free will, um, you know, where whereas a malevolent force would. Um, now, that sort of thing. Can, can, what, can you explain, like, what, um, what kind of back and forth? I know you said you, you noticed, like, you had interaction. Like, have you, like, left gifts for them? Because I've heard sometimes they'll leave a gift for humans. And then also, like, what kind of writing experience did you have with them? Um, yeah, there's uh, definitely been gift exchanges. And they've given us uh, little hand-woven gifts. Um, I've, I've gotten dozens of drawings from them. 
um, through written communication. Uh, the, the written communication was developed throughout the years. It started off with a, a whiteboard um, in the woods and that moved to front of a, the cottage with a little pad and crayon. And then that developed to indoors with a sketch pad, big sketch pad and a, and a chalkboard. Um, and over the years, I've uh, basically refined my questioning because it, it can get uh, confusing at times asking certain questions. And then, you know, their answers don't tend to be very drawn out, long and drawn out. They're basically short to the point, um, but they can have continually shown me that they understand the context of my, of my words. Um, certain questions I've asked over the years, I, I've asked about their lifespan. Um, sometimes I won't get a response. And one time I asked them, how long do your people live in, in human years? And they didn't give me an answer. So I changed my writing or I changed my question. I said, do your people live longer than 200 human years? Um, and I use the term human years because I don't know how they see time. They, uh, from, my, from my understanding, they don't see time linear like we do. Um, so I, I asked them the question, do your people live longer than 200 human years? And they wrote yes. Um, so I tried to expand on that. I said, do they live longer than 500 years? I got no response. I lowered it. Do they live longer than 300 years? They didn't respond. So I got more than 200 years. Um, uh, that sort of thing. I've asked them about certain things going on globally, and they're well aware of what's going on. You know, all these things that are being poked in people, they're well aware of that and, and uh, that it's basically man-made um, by bad humans, they, they call them. Um, so they're, they're, they're very well aware of what goes on. And this is another thing that I believe why they are such a threat to national security because they know what goes on behind closed doors what darkness what evil is being concocted by you know some humans or whatever they are um it seems that they're well aware of uh, you know their dark secrets it seems like there's nothing we can hide from yeah. i've learned I, ha I have no privacy so that's interesting because um you know that, that oh, I, I kind of got a tongue tied there well didn't you hear that like with et races too like that they can't really hide anything from each other because they're all telepathic so i mean maybe they kind of look at us as like you know like th that's why they want to stay away from us because we do deceiving things to each other and we like you said we we don't treat each other very kindly and like you know, some people, you know, like, I mean, I know some people are very, you know, rude and crass and like, I could see why. And, and like I said before, like, they would just try to, I mean, let me ask you this, would you even want to get video footage at this point? Like, I mean, or would you still try to get video footage? I don't try to get it. Um, would I, if, if one of them allowed me? Sure, of course I would. Um, and I would ask them first if I'm allowed to show that because I, I ain't stepping, I'm not stepping over that line. I'm not breaking that boundary of trust. If I get something that I know is too good, um, except for vocals, they don't mind the vocals. They don't mind the audio. Um, but anything visual, if I had something or if, you know, if I'm given something that is, uh, a bit much then i'm asking them first before i do anything with that and yeah. i have i have asked them about some things so. that that makes that reminds me of uh, what you sent me I, again you sent me that amazing audio clip i didn't know what it was I got, I got an email from you and there were two attachments and i just clicked on the one and i heard that noise and i was like holy shit i was like i haven't heard a noise like that since the art bell show and art supposedly had you know um uh, you know, voices of, of Bigfoot, and it sounded like it, but yours sounded more authentic. Like, there's something like that, just like in my telepathic mind. I'm, I'm not saying I'm telepathic, I'm saying in my psyche, something told me that that's a real Bigfoot noise. Like, it was just like it kind of just rung right, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it felt it felt normal in my head. So, like, it felt. your intuition told you, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, it was very amazing. Like, and it was just a, a, like, how did were you able to get that? Um, that was amazing. I mean, how are you able to get that? I've been recording since day one over the past decade of documenting this family. I, I've been putting audio out every visit, and they, I have learned so much through through this method of recording audio. Um, at this point, like when I do this stuff, I do it here at home too. I'm just, I'm honest with them. I tell them what it does. Um, you know, I basically first couple times I'll tell them that's it. I probably don't even have to, they already know. Um, I'll say it once anyways, just to be open and honest with them that, Hey, this, this is audio. It just lets me hear. Um, I just talked to the woods. I said, you know, this allows me to hear your, your beautiful voice. I love your voice. And um it's no visual there's no camera i can't see you with it and and they tend to show their presence to me a lot and so when i was doing that uh involved in that situation at first i i heard their voice like from the first night but it didn't really um it wasn't until eight months worth of visits every weekend and then they suddenly they let their voice be heard in a big way and um, that first time, this was like back in the beginning of May, 2013, um, started, started by calling my name, you know, yelling out my name. And, um, cause I would stand there cause I knew they were there and I'd stand there, pat my chest and say my name over a bunch of times and, you know, just say it slowly and show them how I form my lips with my mouth to, to say, you know, Mike and, um, and, then one day, uh, Neff there, he just started yelling out my name, and it was quite mind-blowing. That's amazing. And then what I was going to ask you was, you've picked up on the fact that they're a family. Like, can you tell the differences between males and females, and uh, how did you pick up on the family aspect? Um, well, sometimes four of them will come in and get one footprint each. That's happened a couple times. There's the biggest print to date is now 21 inches. Um, there's been uh, all the everything down to infant witnessed. Um, I've captured different voices, mostly nefs, but there's been other voices um, from both adult male, uh, adult female, uh, younger female, younger males. I, you can you can just tell, right? Um, and sometimes, like I've captured voice out of thin air indoors, and um, sometimes you can, uh, there was one that I captured at one point, and it allowed me to understand that if you talk to one of their children on the phone, you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference between them and us. It would sound just like, you know, just like a human. Really? They can speak English. That's amazing. I, I never I've never heard this before like I, I I think this is like really groundbreaking stuff like yeah I've never heard that Bigfoot speaks English like I, I, I do you think that it's something that they like I mean obviously do you think they've been around longer than us yeah I believe they've been around longer than us and they watch us they, they watch humans they they teach their children about humans right um so of course they they know language they've watched so long but at the same time there's another thing that i was given an experience once where it was a telepathic incident and there was words but they weren't heard i felt them and there was a clarity so that that left no doubt as to what those words were so that allowed me to understand that i don't have to know language to understand what you're saying to me because those words i understood completely and i didn't hear them spoken they were felt. So I think there's something that goes on with energy and words that they're able to understand without knowing what the actual language is. Yeah. And have they, I mean, and then what are your, what are your thoughts? Just, I don't have any more questions. Just, I, I was thinking, what are your thoughts on like the whole paranormal in general, since like we know that Bigfoot exists and it seems like we can kind of nail down that spirits exist. Like, you know, I've, I've talked to many people who said they've had EVPs and like, I mean, what are your thoughts on the whole paranormal world in general? Like, you know, just UFOs, ghosts, uh, dog man, like, you think it's all real? Yeah, the, you know, the perception of human um, vision, 
our hearing. It's very limited, right? There's all kinds of stuff that is above and below um, those parameters. And, you know, a lot of humans, we're, we're so brainwashed into thinking, oh, if I can't see it, it's not real. Well, there's all kinds of stuff that you can't see that's real. And they just have a better understanding outside of the those parameters that, that we have as far as our visual spectrum or, or you know, auditory spectrum. They, um, they're beyond that. And so, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that, that's been documented throughout history. Um, so the paranormal is really normal. It's just not normal to us because we've been brainwashed to push it aside. It's all this, it's all that. And, um, personally, I think that's been done on purpose, uh, you know, to keep us from learning these bigger truths, right? Yeah. I, I think we've been basically brainwashed um, over time uh, to dismiss this stuff. And, and it's funny, you can, you know, certain things that you talk about to certain people, their reaction will show you how conditioned their mind is, you know, uh, tell, you talk to somebody about a UFO or ET or, or Bigfoot. And if they start laughing and think you're, you're out of your mind, all that shows is how brainwashed they've, you know, how conditioned they've been become through whatever mainstream, whatever, you know, it's mainstream news or, or their schooling, education, or just peers, you know, the, the whole thing. It's that we've been brainwashed as a collective. So when you actually start to have contact with this sort of thing, um, it allows you to step outside of that conditioning and, and look in from the outside and see things much differently. Yeah. And then what do you think about, I know you might have not researched this creature much, but it goes along with the territory, like the dog man, that's, that's pretty popular nowadays too. Like there's a, um, that podcast is called the dog man uh, encounters where people call in and they tell their stories that they had this encounter. And it seems like a lot of people have these encounters with dog man. I'm starting to think is dog man, another unclassified species like Bigfoot or is dog man like some government research project, you know, but it seems like there's a lot of them. So, I mean, I can't count on everybody's story being, you know, genuine, but there's a lot of these encounters. Like this guy has been able to make a podcast and he has like, I don't know, like hundreds of episodes now of people calling in telling their stories about Dogman. Like, and I'm sure people can make up a story, but they all seem pretty genuine. And these people really aren't looking for fame. You know what I mean? So what are your thoughts on what the Dogman is? Um, well, I did ask Neff's family about Dogman. I said, I asked, are the Dogman your people? They said, no. I said, and I asked, are the Dogman good people? They said, no. So that alludes to them definitely being real. As far as all these stories that I hear, you know, um, I do question a lot of them because if, if you're, um, anybody that says they were attacked, they weren't attacked. You're not getting away. If they want to kill you, you're, you're done. Yeah, especially a dog man, right? It's like a yeah, wolf man. Not, probably got the might, power of like some insane, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you might have you might have had something thrown at you, you know, just to scare you off or whatever. Um, like I, like I said, I, I've had a couple incidents that could have been dog man related, but I don't know. They were telepathic canine incidents. One was a snarl that was so nasty. It was, it was not human, and I was in Mendocino, uh, California at the time, um, sleeping in a, in a forest, and I had an audio recorder right outside my tent, and this woke me up, and it was so crystal clear. I thought it was right outside the tent, but I just I fell back asleep even with this, and um, I just remember thinking, oh, that's going to be on the audio, and there was nothing there, so... I'm quite confident that was telepathic. I've, I've had numerous incidents um, of that sort of thing. Uh, uh, some canine sniffing at my tent wall that was not in this realm. You know, it was not of this reality. Uh, just bizarre, right? Um, so, like, I, I'm definitely convinced the dog man thing is real. That's probably where the whole werewolf lore came from. Um, and, yeah, and I don't... 
we yeah. call it dogman in North America, right? Like uh, it's like our our way of saying werewolf. And and, and over in, I mean, but when we were kid, when we I when I was young, I'm 42. When I was young, the word the, the, I mean, like the term dogman didn't come out for a long time. It, I think that's a more recent term, right? Because when yeah. I was a kid, it was like always werewolf, and you know, like um, remember Michael J. Fox was in that movie. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. Um. Do you know what I'm talking about with Michael J. Fox, where he's a, a teenage werewolf? You know, he's a he's playing basketball and he turns into a werewolf. Yeah, vaguely. Um, the whole dog man thing, like I don't remember it either uh, coming up either until um, I guess years after I got involved. So after 2008, you know, the, I didn't hear it before that. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 so interesting how these things come up. Um, and then, uh, what are your thoughts on like Mothman and the whole um, wing cryptid stuff? That's a big, that's a big thing now too in the cryptid area, like the the Mothman. And I know like there's a guy, his name's Lon Strickler. He's a researcher. They're having sightings of these wing beings. They call them the um, the uh, unseen ones. Um, and their their team is having contact with these these. Uh, beings like um like like uh but they're like a a winged cryptid you know like a, a winged humanoid you know have you there's heard? there's um a, a friend uh doug hadjasek um that i've spoken with uh, several times and and doug uh, actually created the series monster quest years back and there's a episode on there on the mothman and he told me he goes that was based on his own encounter so I tend to believe Doug. Wow. So it's it's all real, basically. And that's this is so amazing. Like I, what's weird is like I've never had a, a paranormal experience. Well, I can't say that because I'll tell you the, the experiences I have had. I've almost had an out-of-body experience. I, I almost came out of body once. I actually did, and then I, I went back in. But then when I was a kid, I had the old hag syndrome. And I I didn't know it was the old hag until I listened to Art Bell and I people were talking about it basically I remember being a kid and I, I was laying in bed and this I woke up and I couldn't tell if I was dreaming or awake and this this ugly like the only thing I could describe it is as a witch and I swear to god on my dad's grave my dad passed away in 2001 but you get what I'm trying to say I swear to god this is as real as I can remember it and I couldn't remember if I was asleep or awake. And this thing starts coming near me. And I was so scared I could have probably wet the bed. And it and you you can't move. It paralyzes you. And then it, it got on my chest. And it seemed like it was like sucking the energy out of me. This is what I can take away now. Because when I was a kid, I didn't know what was going on. When I was a kid, I just had trouble breathing. And then I remember trying to, I was cat raised Catholic. But I'm not religious now, but I, uh, I tried praying to Jesus and somehow it just went away. You know, I don't know if it just wanted to scare me or what that thing. And, but then years later, I listened to Art Bell and I found out that that's called the old hag syndrome. I don't know if that has something to do with sleep paralysis or if that's uh, if that's a real thing. Have you ever heard of this? I've, I've had, um, sorry, I'm just trying to get some more light on me here. I've had, um, sleep paralysis uh, growing up as a kid uh, many times and it's pretty terrifying uh, you can't you can't speak you know you, you you try yelling you can't you can't move and and there's a presence in the room and you know a psychologist or psychiatrist will you know uh, de uh, describe it as something logical when I think it's uh, something of the spiritual realm myself um, so I believe there's, uh, you know, th there's a veil. There's a veil that surrounds us that um, on the other side of that, there are beings that we don't know about, right? There, there's a, it's, a, there's a, we live in a multidimensional existence. It's not linear. It's not just this. So yeah. who knows what's out there? Do you think that um, there's obviously a God or like a creator, a, a, like a source or what the Native Americans would call a great spirit that, or even if we're in a matrix and this is like some kind of simulated reality, that there's a creator of this. It seems like, you know, when a baby's born, it's beautiful. And, and when there's, a, you can go out into nature and you can, and you can see the, 
the 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 benevolent symmetry of life it's just like you know like when you're around fresh fruits and vegetables like it just all seems so real and like it all seems so like there's so much beauty to life that it would seem like there would have to be a creator right or i don't know i, I i'm not saying i don't want you to agree with me i'm just what, what do you think oh no i i have i have a lot of faith you know i've i've had um i had my own experiences throughout life uh you know, I've been touched by something at, this was back in about uh, when I was 30. I'm like, I'm, I'm almost 55 now, but. Um, oh, you don't look it, man. You look my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, starting to feel it. But um, yeah, back then I, I'd had an incident. And I, I think at the time too, it's because I was, I was really taking care of myself. I was going to the gym three, four times a week. I was eating right. I was, you know just had this regiment going on for I did it for seven almost eight years straight and, and then I had a skydiving accident that uh kiboshed that but um in that did time I have accident <clears throat> yeah I had a failed parachute and I I had something basically oh my tried, god I had what? something basically tried to uh warn me it pushed my shoulder strap off before I exited the plane and and I and I had another one where um something uh i have a daughter at the time she was four was in the vehicle beside me and i thought she said something to me i was at, I was at a, a four-way uh, light um and there it was a it was a one-way uh, downtown toronto i was sitting at the head of the you know the line of lights there it was about noon on a saturday sunny saturday and i'm usually quick off the light and um uh, something said something in my ear and I, I thought it was my daughter and I, and I went, what? And just in that time, that's all it took. Some guy in a stolen minivan ran the red light and the vehicle that was next to me, um, the guy driving got killed on impact. Oh my and God. <clears throat> so something distracted me there. And again, with the skydiving thing, something pushed my strap off. And I was Wait, saying too, you back when I was like, 30 um i had an incident uh, you know bout of mysticism or whatever you want to call it but basically something touched me with a love that is so pure i remember at the time thinking there wasn't a drug on earth that could touch this man it's, it would just and it lasted for about a week and it i could feel it slowly tapering off as the week went on it was a you know, something spiritual, you know, touched me, right? It gave me a, a gift. I, you know, I was given this gift. So it showed me that, yeah, there's definitely a very higher power loving, um, all loving intelligence out there somewhere. So yeah, I'm very, uh, I have a lot of faith. How did you survive the skydiving incident? I didn't mean to, I was almost interrupted you earlier. I, I'm sorry. I was just so excited to ask you about this because it seems like if you shoot failed, right? Like, how would it, I mean, did someone come and rescue you or, or did, did you just take the fall, uh, fall or what? It was uh, June, June 7th, 97 in Coldwater, Ontario. I had a line over, so it was wrapped around the middle. So I had some uh, air on, on each side. And just before I hit the ground, it was my fifth jump. So I was inexperienced. Um, just before I hit the ground, I pulled my steering lines, which on a normal parachute basically breaks you, slows you down, but I didn't. You know, I didn't pull my reserve because I was too freaked out. I was like, what if that thing fails? And I'm really screwed. And um, so when I pulled my steering lines down, I remember my feet kicked up in the air and I come down on a big flat rock on my back, fractured oh. my T7, crushed my, I can't bend this wrist anymore, right? That's it. So like, that's, that's normal. That's, I had two operations on that. Um, and, but before I exited the plane, I was sitting there, you know, sitting on my ass, my knees up, you know, my arms around like that. And and, my, and I had the instructor sitting across from me and suddenly my shoulder strap just by itself just went just down my arm. And I was like, what the hell? And, and he's like, what the hell? And he reaches over, tightens it back up. And and then my and then I still jumped and my chute failed. And, and uh, yeah, I won't skydive. There's no way. <laughs> no, that's it for me. Now, after that, it was like... Uh, then I took up photography, going into nature, you know, taught myself photography. And, and then the Sasquatch thing came up. So it's like, okay, no more planes. Now it's, 
Now let's go chase Sasquatch. And, and you want to 14 know, years later, here I am. So. I wanted to tell you this too. This is really interesting because this is about nature. I listened to this comedy podcast. It's called Doozy. It's with this comedian, Will Sasso. It's really funny. But um, his, his, it's uh, the first podcast that's run by AI, which is funny because he's a comedian, right? And then um, this AI tells them what to do. It tells them skits to do. And then he does voice impressions. He'll do like... Uh, Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold Steve Austin. He does all these different voices, but th- what I'm getting to is his uh, c- co-host of the show had a relationship with a squirrel, which I've never seen before, and he had pictures. Like This squirrel was letting him photograph it. It would come in- into his house. It would find ways to come into his house and like literally sit down right next to him, and he has pictures like as close as my face is to the screen now with this squirrel. And I thought it was so amazing. And and then I found out that that guy had cancer and, you know, like he had ended up being like really like it, it cancer changed his life, the way he thought about life and everything. So I think maybe sometimes if we're more benevolent, that creatures will interact with us. And maybe that's why the Sasquatch interact with you because maybe all around you're a more benevolent guy and they can, sense that about you well there's uh there's a cognizance with them that's very um advanced uh they're connected to nature unlike anything else that we know it's it's like they walk between two worlds it's like they're they're human and they're animal they're um they can read us they they know our energy they know our hearts they know our intentions they know if we're full of it or not, they, they can read us. So perhaps some of these people that are getting really nasty encounters, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it has something to do with them. I don't know. Yeah. Well, this has been amazing, man. Um, did you ever think about, are you going to write a book? Yeah, I, I, I've been plucking away at it a little bit here and there. So I should have had it done by now, but, um, I get, I get distracted and, uh, you know, yeah, I'll get well, it done. Eventually. I'll have you on this back on the show. I'll, you could come back on anytime with updates. I thought this was a great conversation, man. It was really interesting. Um, if you want to tell everybody where they can find your website and your research and stuff. Yeah, I have my uh, YouTube channel, Sasquatch Ontario. Um, there's a, there's actually, there's an organization with that name reversed. I have nothing to do with them. They are an ape chasing, fear mongering organization that uh, has uh, actually utilized my name to, to gain access to a location um, one time that I'm aware of anyway. So I'm not too fond of them, but it's Sasquatch Ontario at, uh, on YouTube and SasquatchOntario.com. And I also have a email address uh sasquatch ontario at yahoo.ca um ca for canada and anybody that wants to get in touch with me and i'm always looking for stories too anybody that's had any um, encounters especially the high strangeness of them disappearing into thin air in front of your eyes because you know i know there's quite a few stories of that out there so you know i'm always uh i've started sharing other um experiences from other other folks as well on my on my channel so um, that's awesome well um thanks again and uh i'll i'll keep in touch with you man and i'll I'll send you a link when i post this okay cool were you were you able to uh play any of the audio or just it's not set up properly to to go through that i'm not i'm not able to minimize the zoom let me let me see if i can pull up my email and uh I'll see if I can do it while we're on the, um, I, I'll pull, I'm, I'm in my email. I got to find, I, I just went to the, uh, just, uh, just bear with me, everyone. I'm trying to find your email. They don't, this isn't a, um, a really good, uh, I got to, oh, damn. We, it's okay. Uh, you know, there on my, uh, YouTube channel, there's all kinds of audio posted throughout that, uh, a couple videos. There's, uh, um a medley of activity or something like that it's got the word medley in it recent more recent one i posted 
what I can do is if I do the audio version of this, um, which I might have to because we talked about some pretty touchy subjects. We, I'm, I'm afraid of getting YouTube strikes, but I might probably be able to post on YouTube. But what I can do either way is I can include the sounds in the video. I can try to play them somehow beforehand or something and include them in the audio podcast or or I'll find a way to put, put incorporate them in if I have your permission to do that. Yeah, yeah. Put them in the put them in the video. Yeah, put them in this. Uh, even whatever at the end, if you want, whatever doesn't matter. I'll get okay. Okay, cool. All right, thanks, man. Have a good night. Okay, Rob. You too. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Nice meeting you. Okay, take care.